several years ago, I attended a mayor's prayer breakfast in the community where we were living. And the speaker at that event was a man by the name of Dr. Mark Rutland, who at that time was president of the fastest growing Christian university in the country. And in what he shared that day, he told a story that I don't think I'll ever forget. Dr. Rutland said that as a child growing up, there was very little stability in his family at all. In fact, he said, by the time he graduated from high school, his family had moved 18 times. And because of that, there were no friends, there were no teachers, there was no school environment, there was no extracurricular activities, nothing that made any kind of impression upon his young life at all until he arrived at Mrs. Burkett's fourth grade class. He said on the first day of fourth grade, Mrs. Burkett announced that every first Monday of the month would be dream day. And on dream day, all the students would put their desks in a circle, and one by one, they would go around the circle and give voice to the dreams that were starting to emerge in their young life. There were only two rules on dream day. One, everybody had to share a dream. Secondly, no one could criticize anybody else's dream. One day, Mark Rutland said that on Dream Day, one of the uh, fourth grade girls announced she wanted to be a movie star, Maisie Birchfield. Mark said that Maisie Birchfield was probably the most unpopular fourth grade girl in the class. She was hopelessly overweight, always wore dirty sneakers, had long, greasy, dirty hair. He said, you could look across the circle when she announced she wanted to be a movie star, and you knew the thought on every fourth grade boy's mind. She's the last girl that's going to be a movie star. But not Mrs. Burkett. When Maisie announced that, Mrs. Burkett said, oh, Maisie, Maisie, I can see it. I'm going to be sitting in the movie theater with a, a bucket of popcorn on my lap, and the lights are going to go dim, and the screen's going to come on, and the lion's going to roar, and there across the screen, it's going to say, starring Maisie Birchfield. Oh, Maisie, she said. I can see it. And Mark said, you could look across the room at Maisie when, when, when the teacher said that, and, and she was like she was 10 feet off the ground. No one had ever given any kind of encouragement or hope to, to anything she had ever dreamed before. On another dream day, fellow classmate Donnie Erlinger announced, I want to be an astronaut. I want to go up to space in a rocket ship, he said. Now, Mark described Donnie as a fourth-grade boy who probably couldn't pass fourth-grade math or science, let alone find Cape Canaveral on a map. But he wants to be an astronaut. His science and math skills didn't sway Mrs. Burkett because when he said that, she responded, Oh, Donnie, Donnie, I can see it. 
I'm going to be sitting in my living room and my friends and neighbors are going to be all around me and, and we're going to be watching the television sets and we're going to watch as you climb into the space capsule and just before the hatch door closes, you're going to grab the microphone from the announcer and say, I just want to thank Mrs. Burkett and all my fellow students in fourth grade for believing in me. Donnie, she says, I can see it. And so it went, every first Monday of the month, one by one, student by student, dream by dream. And no matter what your fourth grade dream was, Mrs. Burkett had a way of making you feel like not only was it the most wonderful thing in the world, but it would most certainly come true. One day on dream day, Mark Rutland announced he wanted to be a writer. And at the time he told us this story, he had already served as a congregational pastor, an overseas missionary, a traveling evangelist. Like I said, the president at that time of the fastest growing Christian university in the country, and he had already authored a dozen books. He said there was nothing more encouraging or inspiring in his young life than Mrs. Burkett's fourth grade class. You know, maybe one of the reasons why I remember that story so well is because you and I know that there's so many things in life that can feel discouraging and hopeless. And so we long for those things in life that will encourage us and, and give us hope, which is why I think the words of Revelation 7 today is, is kind of a dream day for the people of God. Here's what's happening. John was banished to the tiny island of Patmos out in the Aegean Sea, and it was there that he wrote the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Now, John was exiled there because of his faith and for publicly giving witness to Jesus Christ. But not only was John banished there because he openly shared the gospel, but he knows that there were other Christians in that time too who were being persecuted for their faith. And it's because of that that the Holy Spirit inspired John to write something that would give the people of God something to hold on to in the face of life's tribulations. So the book of Revelation was actually written for us to be a book of encouragement and, and inspiration for Christians then as well as for us today still too. And specifically, when you get to chapter 7, John writes about a vision, a dream, you might say, of heaven for Christ's followers. One day, you will be a part of a great multitude that no one can count, from every nation, language, tribe, and people. You will be standing before the throne of God and worshiping the Lamb of God. You will be wearing white robes, which is a sign that your, your life has been cleansed by Christ, and, and you're going to be holding palm branches in your hand, which is a, a symbol of celebration and victory. And you're going to be crying out, salvation belongs to our God and, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And when these people ask the question, who are they and, and where did they come from, the answer will be, these are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation. Your robes have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and never again will you suffer 
Never again will you hunger. Never again will you thirst. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, will be at the center of the throne, and God will wipe away every tear from your eye. You see, that's John's vision. That's John's dream for for Christians in his day as well as for us still today. That someday, someday, that too will be where we are. Which reminds us that life here isn't all that there is. God's desire is that you would be connected to him forever. And yet, we know that there are things that get in the way of that. But John wants to point us to that time when we will be standing around the throne of God and we will be worshiping the Lamb of God. We will be forever living in the presence of God. Heaven will be the final fulfillment of why Jesus came here. And no matter what else is going on in life, it's our Lord's deep desire that we not lose sight of what is beyond here. God wants us connected to Jesus forever. And I think that's why we remember All Saints Day today, to remember those who have gone before us because, oh, how easy it is for us to lose perspective on that. The tribulations and trials get in the way. Pain and problems we let overcome us. Headaches and heartaches become what we're focused on. Maybe your tribulation is some chronic health issue that you have been dealing with and that you live with on a daily basis. Maybe your tribulation is caring for an aging parent or trying to raise a child who who challenges every word you say. Maybe your tribulation is some kind of dysfunction that's taking place in your family or something that's happened in the marriage that's caused it to be a little less joyful. Maybe your tribulation is being stuck in a job that you don't like or or one that you feel like is taking you nowhere. Whatever your tribulation may be, I'd like for you to see that this vision that John is painting for us here is one that we are to hold on to because one day, one day, we will come out of these tribulations and we will be standing before the throne of God. We will be worshiping the Lamb of God. We will forever be in the presence of God. No matter how difficult things might be for us in life at times, God's desire is that we would be connected to Jesus forever. I want you to imagine something this morning. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're 16 years old. Some might need to think back a little bit to when that was. For some, maybe it wasn't all that long ago. For others, maybe you're inching closer to that time. Maybe for some, you're right there. Whatever your age is today, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're 16 years old and you just got your driver's license a day or two ago. I want you to also imagine that it's a beautiful fall afternoon on a Sunday, 70, 75 degrees outside. 
you're 16 years old and you, you're gonna about to sit down and, and watch some football in the afternoon. And before you do that, you, you go into the kitchen to get something to eat or drink for while you're watching the game. And as you're at the kitchen sink, you look out the window and, and there your dad is taking the last bit of wax off his brand new 2022 pickup truck that he just bought for himself because he gave you his 12-year-old rusted out car with 231,000 miles on it. And you look at that truck kind of dreaming. You wish it was yours. And as you're dreaming about that, dad walks in the, the door from the garage and says, come outside with me for a minute. And so you walk outside and, and he says, how do you like the new truck? And sarcastically you respond, I'd like it a lot better if you gave it to me. He said, would you like to drive it? Are you kidding, you ask? No, he said. It's all gassed up, it's all clean. Why don't you take it for a drive? In fact, while you're out, why don't you go pick up some of your friends? In fact, while you guys are driving around, go get something to eat. Spend time wherever you want. And as he tosses you the keys, he says, all I ask is that you come home safe. Now, you may hear that story and think to yourself, Pastor, you're dreaming. There's no way. Be ridiculous to do something like that, right? Well, maybe you're right. But as ridiculous as that sounds, isn't that what God has done with us? He has literally tossed us the keys of life, and, and all he wants us to do, more than anything else, all he wants us to do is to come home safe. And what a price he paid for that to happen. You talk about tribulations. Jesus was falsely accused. Jesus was mocked, he was spit upon, he was physically tortured. He was forced to drag his own crucifixion cross down the very street that a week before that, people lined that street and cheered his name, but, but, but that day, they're calling for him to be crucified. He was rejected by some of the very men that he discipled and mentored. His own father turned his back on him as he hung there on the cross in his moment of greatest need. There is no short list of tribulations that our Lord went through. And I don't know about you, but every time I think about that, I, I can't help but wonder, how did he do it? How in the world did he, did, he, did he hang on and endure all that? How did he do it? And you know what the answer to that is? You. He did it for you. For you, he endured the cross. For you, he bled and died. For you, he, he gave up his life. For you, his, his cold, lifeless body was placed in a tomb. For you, he returned back to life. For you, on occasion, we receive this meal called Holy Communion, where the body and blood of Jesus is together with the bread and wine for the forgiveness of your sins and the strength of your faith, all for you, so that you would just come home safe, so that one day 
You would be standing around the throne of God. You would be worshiping the Lamb of God. You would forever be in the presence of God. It's all about connecting you to Jesus forever. So my hope is that the words of John in Revelation are words of encouragement and inspiration for you. That in the face of life's tribulations, hold on. Keep going. Don't give up. And no matter what else happens, come home safe to Him. In Jesus' name, amen. This past week, I think everybody in our congregation here received a letter from me because we're in a time of the year where we talk about things like our financial stewardship for the benefit of the ministry of our congregation. And that letter was intended to be just some words of encouragement to you to, to give some personal reflection upon that for your own life. 